Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tech and Egg Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Reverman. You know, Dean, uh, retail kind of come a long way since my time working in the oh, biz. Really? You think um, so? Especially where like the only the only signage that you would find in a oh, retail establishment, or yeah. in mine at least, was yeah. like stuff that was either taped to a wall. <laughs> taped, to a sh- like taped. Literally taped literally to a taped wall of it. To a shelf. Maybe <laughs> hanging from the ceiling. Like I remember my bookstore that I worked in had like those little clips you could put up in the ceiling. I remember you, you know. talking lovingly about like cardboard cutouts that you would have to put up. Yes, yes, there was a the good old cardboard cutout. Building cardboard Star Wars droids See? for tie and stuff, yes, or whatever. That yes. stuff was kind yeah. of fun. Yeah. You think so. we've advanced a little bit uh, just, since? Just, just a little bit. You know, we don't have to, we don't ha- quite have to do that kind of stuff anymore, you know, because yeah. we got screens now. Ah, yes, and we do. Everybody loves staring at a screen, so let's just stick a whole bunch of screens up and <laughs> stare some more. Make people stare at those. <laughs> I, I act as if I'm negative about this, even though it's part of our livelihood, you know. Uh, but Digital displays can convey information. Yes, of course. They yes. Can advertise. They can yes. even potentially upsell. Yes. But you can you can still find a lot of stores these days that really aren't taking advantage of those, mm. especially if it's not part of like point of sale mm-hmm, or part mm-hmm, of a kiosk mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to understand more about that. So mm-hmm. hey, guess what? We've done another one of our end user surveys. Love it. For yep. Blue Star Nation. Yes. Which you're checking out Blue Star Nation now, right? Oh, uh, I if mean, they're not, they should what? I mean, I don't know why you'd be listening to this podcast and not checking like not out? following Blue Star. Yeah. I'm not gonna say that Blue Star Nation is doing better work than we are, <laughs> but, but there's some really but. good stuff going on there. <laughs> You know, we got to fill like a bunch of episodes a year. And that's so sometimes like, it means us sitting around talking about random stuff. That's right. Blue Star Nation, we're doing very it's deliberate carefully articles Carefully curated. Yes. That's right. It's it's very intentional. We just talk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we didn't go out and survey hundreds of people no, about no, something. No, we didn't. No. You know, you and me. No. No. We, we, we get to comment to other on fine it. folks. Yes, that's and right. And, you know, we go out and call it. And to be fair, actually, I wrote this article. But again, <laughs> it was one that... Other people did all the work, and I was yes. just like, all right, let me review the data and make some sense out of it yeah. here. No, this is a good so, one. This so, is very timely. Yeah, we're going to yep. make some further sense out of this. We're going to talk yep. about uh, this survey. It was sponsored by Samsung. Thanks so much to them for doing this. This came out a couple months ago on our blog. We figured, hey, we need to get, dig into this one a little mm-hmm. bit, talk about some of the details. Mm-hmm. And I figured lean on your experience a little bit in the digital the digi- signage world There you go. Yep. Well. Been so, there, done that. Yep. So we're going to get, obviously, we're going to talk about our methodology. We're going to talk about top reasons why people don't use digital signage in their retail environments, mm. what they would find beneficial, mm. who's actually going to be in charge of this stuff so you can figure <laughs> out who you need to be talking to, yep. and also f- figure out if their perceptions of cost are accurate, yes. which I'm going to lean on you for that because I have yes. no idea. Yes, I, I got some issues with this. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Good. See, I like when you've got issues I got issues. that tells me we've got stuff that we can teach people oh, yeah. about oh, yeah. to teach their users Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We're good. Uh, all that plus our usual value to the VAR, what's tech connecting with us. It's time to plug in and get connected. <laughs> Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. It's time to get connected. All right, Dean, let's start digging right in. And yes. First, the, the, obviously, the first thing we always have to do on these is yep. give a little background on the methodology. Yes. Who we talk to. This legitimizes us. Yeah. Right? Exactly. <laughs> to a certain degree. We, it's not like if we, we just come out here and say like, hey, 50% of people said this. And you're like, well, who are those 50%? Never you mind. 50% said it, though. <laughs> they were living and breathing. <laughs> yes. School children. But who cares? Yeah. It was my family <laughs> over Christmas break. 
Uh, no, we uh, so as good... always we we went out and we got a third yeah. party data collector to help us out with this. All right, they collected 125 resp- responses about the mm. digital signage for retail. Now we focus specifically on the U.S. full time employees only, and we asked them to identify their industry as either as retail and e-commerce. Mm. And specifically, we wanted to make sure that they had some brick and mortar physical locations, right. obviously, because yep. you, know, you can't deploy digital signage in an online store. You know? yep. <laughs> yep, that's right. So uh, 70% of the folks that responded said they identify themselves as having mostly physical and brick and mortar locations, while the other 30% said they were both online and physical at an omni-channel or a hybrid situation mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the folks we, we... Actually, this was really interesting, I thought, too. A nice breakdown is we divided up evenly, 25% each, an even split of work departments. I thought that was between, brilliant that we uh, got this. I know, this was not intentional. But no, it was nice perfect. Operations, executives and owners, marketing and IT. So fully a quarter go. of each of those, you know, were the responses split evenly there. What a great sample. No doubt. And then most of the folks we talked to were at the director level and above. Uh, over half were director, 38% were VP and head, and 8% were at the C-suite level. Um, and then specifically, what we also wanted to do here, too, was make sure that we were only talking to folks who who we asked a question like, hey, are you deploying digital signage in any of the following areas? Mm. And we gave them a list of all the potential places you could use it. And if as long as they only answered or either answered nothing mm-hmm. or only answered point of sale or kiosk applications, mm. then they could move on. Because we wanted folks that were not currently deploying digital signage outside of those applications so we can ah. understand like hey why aren't you doing this oh i see why aren't you using it for advertising ah, why aren't so you this using is not at the point of sale is what you're saying right okay got so, it so i mean <laughs> so if they could they could have been using it point of sale only and we mm-hmm. would accept mm-hmm. them in there mm-hmm. as long as they weren't using it somewhere else what are the folks that basically are like nah i'm not i'm not interested yep. in this whole digital signage around my establishment yeah i, I don't want to do it right or I'm just not doing it yet, yeah. so we can understand a little bit about the why. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we also put a little bit of effort into, you know, again, always try to get a wide swath of different types of retailers. Yes, thought because we did a great job here. Different too. retailers are going to have different needs potentially when it comes to digital signage. Some oh, might for see sure. the benefit or have better benefits from it than others. For sure. So we got quite a variety from anything from apparel and footwear. We got mm-hmm. a lot of folks from electronics, auto parts and accessories. Beauty and personal care, those are probably the big four categories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then we've got a decent amount of people from grocery and home improvement as well, and a scattering of of others here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of them were stores where the they employed anywhere from 100 to 250 people. But again, we got a, a nice swath of those yeah. as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so now we've set the stage. Well, but before we move on, I think we hit the nail on the head here. I do too. I mean, what a great sampling of departments. Uh, senior level uh, job seniority. So right. these are the people that make the decision. Yep. I mean, we are asking the right people the context here. And what I also like about the sample that we got, when you look at the number of employees, the majority of them were in that 100 to 250. So this is not your tier ones. Right. We're not talking Walmarts and Home Depots no, here. Right. It's not the no. big boys and no. girls that have already deployed these massive digital signage retail right. media networks. Right. These are what I would call, not even the small mom, although we do have that rep, Represented. Right. This is kind of that mid tier, right? So, yep. in my mind, this would be the sweet spot. Maybe like where a, this technology... a regional chain, you know, yeah. that has like I don't know, yeah. maybe five to ten stores at yep. most. You know, yep. like or or yes, yeah, absolutely. But, and probably, not even, most of them probably not even that big. Like maybe just you know, somebody that's got like I don't know, maybe like a franchise of a couple yep. a couple stores around town or something yep. to that effect. Yep. You know. So I really think that you know from a methodology <laughs> standpoint, I mean, I think whoever made all these calls did bang on. 
<laughs> the 125 respondents are exactly who I would have tried I, to have I'll gotten. say it's partly a product of us hopefully giving them good questions little coaching, and yes. little coaching. Mm-hmm. But honestly, they're professionals. And you know, when we when we give them like, hey, here's what we're looking to survey, they always come back and sit down with us and say, hey, here's what we recommend. We've mm-hmm. done this long enough. Mm-hmm. We recommend including some certain questions to help filter out people that are just, you know, paint by numbers and clicking and filling it out. I got you. We recommend some certain questions to make sure that you're getting exactly what Uh, you want to get out of it. Okay, good. They were very good at helping us get in that direction as well. All right, so the first question we asked all the top is, basically, again, because these are folks that were not currently deploying digital signage outside of POS or kiosks, Mm -hmm. it's basically said, hey, why not? Mm -hmm. What's your top concern? Mm -hmm. Uh, 46% of those said cost. You know, not it's never surprising when cost is a number one factor Mm -hmm. there. I mean, go ahead, go ahead, go most, ahead. I mean, most of the time people are going to say, yeah, it's it's the price. Yeah, 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 I yeah. don't want to do that. But we get got some other good responses, though. 20% said not enough space, and 20% said they didn't have the expertise mm-hmm. to deploy this digital signage. Mm-hmm. And then a smaller percentage said content management, or a very small percentage said they didn't see the actual value in doing this as well. Uh, any thoughts that you had on the concerns before we kind of talk about, you know, I, yeah, so benefit? Absolutely. So for me, you know, I was, I was slightly surprised to see cost uh, as being part of the barrier because in my mind, it can't be the hardware at this point, at least, and I'm, I guess I'm foolishly thinking this, but <laughs> because of the fact that you can go and buy a 45 inch screen at true. Walmart true. for less than five hundred dollars. That's true. So, what more do you need? Well, even if you don't have the compute on the screen, you would need a small medium player. You know, I'm just ballparking it. You know, under a thousand dollars, I think you could get a screen. Shall I say the hardware components right, of it? Right. So, so I was a little bit surprised at the cost. The cost used to be a huge barrier. You know, and I'm going back twelve years. 15 years when you have plasma monitors that, that cost, yeah, okay, four or five grand, right. you're not hanging those. Right. But but now screens are so cheap. Yeah. You know, it was a little bit, but, but I did take it as, well, maybe I'm not thinking, they must be thinking of the ongoing cost, which we're going to get into in right. the survey. Right. Maybe they, these people are already extrapolating that it's not the physical hardware. It's got to be like the ongoing cost. I don't know. Or I wonder if it's just one of those things where when you give cost as an option, people are typically going to say that. Yeah, it costs too much. They just assume everything costs too much. (laughs) You know, (laughs) maybe that's part of it, too. I'd be interested. Maybe someday we do one of these surveys where we don't where there's a the idea that cost could potentially be an answer, but Mm -hmm. we don't make it one of the answers. Maybe Mm -hmm. we just give some other stuff Mm -hmm. and then leave an other option where they Mm -hmm. can tell us like, you know, other, but please explain. Right. And I'd be curious to see how many cost Cost answers actually comes in as the other, please explain when, when that's not really going to be the fact. So that was why I was a little bit surprised on cost. Surprised, maybe not. I mean, you know, clearly, yes, people are going to say that because they don't maybe know. And we're going to get into that here in a second. But um, anyway, another nugget that I'll pull out here that I thought it was a really good thing is only 3% don't see the value in right, in these right. in these digital signage systems. So that means 97% of the people see some value in having digital yep. signage. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. That means you've you've broken down that barrier. Yeah. It's not like you're walking in the door and people just don't even see the value. You right, got to right. sell they the value. Get, they know that they, they get that the there's va- a use for them. Bingo. Yeah. They see the value. Now we just got to break down all these other barriers, which are costs, expertise. You know, some of those things like expertise. I I absolutely get it. Oh, yeah. You know, twenty percent of the people. For. That's what you know. Our VARs exist. One hundred percent. You're like, okay, maybe I could. You know, I, yeah, I can go to Walmart. I can get a screen, but I don't have the expert. I don't know what I'm doing. Right. I, I can definitely see it. that. I don't as know how to put the put on it or why. I don't know, you know, how often it should run or whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah. So anyway. Uh, well, then that leads us nicely, though, into the next question, where, mm. is, where we asked, where would you find digital displays most beneficial in your yep. store? So, yep. a- again, this this hopefully did hinge on the idea that not a lot of people were going to say they didn't see any value, mm-hmm. which thankfully that didn't happen. So mm-hmm. basically, like, all right, well, then tell us what do you think would be beneficial about using these? And we asked them to select a top three for this one to, in order to kind of, you know, give us a little bit more than just like one simple answer. So by far, easily the top two were uh, Windows displays and shelf displays mm-hmm. over 60 percent of them answered one or both of those mm-hmm. uh, after that you had about 48 percent of folks that said wayfinding and directory 43 percent said promotions and marketing and 41 percent third-party advertising much smaller percentages suggested using them in employee areas or for customer entertainment so bottom line I, most folks look at this and said you know what i think having some kind of displays in our windows in our shelves probably going to be beneficial potentially some benefits from advertising, promotions, wayfinding, all the stuff that obviously we are out there positioning this kind of mm, digital signage mm, for and think it'd be beneficial for. Mm-hmm. They're seeing that benefit. They do think it's it's out there. Now, I'll also point out, we did, you know, I, I did, <clears> when I was again, going through all this survey data, I you know, tried to figure out like, all right, where are some places where I can correlate specific types of retailers to some of this to see if there mm. may be any connective tissue there? Mm-hmm. You can dig much deeper into this by checking out the survey. Of course, the link's going to be in our show notes, or you should mm-hmm. be, again, subscribe to Blue Star Nation <laughs> uh, you know, to, to, to do this stuff, nation.bluestarinc.com. Uh, so, but a couple ones that stood out to me, more than half of beauty, personal care, and electronics uh, executives answered promotions and marketing yep. as they were they saw the most benefit. Makes sense. Half of auto parts accessories, electronics, Electronics and 66% of grocery said they were interested in wayfinding store or department directory displays, which makes a lot of sense to me, especially like automotive. Absolutely. Like, I don't Absolutely. know if you, how many times have you gone to an auto parts store and been like, yeah. I don't know where to start. You, Absolutely. you have to get that stupid giant book out, yeah, 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 find yeah. your model and skim through some stuff to find it. Imagine having just a nice little touch screen that you could punch in my car is X. Yep. I need a filter. Yep. Bam. Go find yep. this one. Here's what shelf it's on, what display it's on. Maybe even an arrow pointing in the right direction or something. <laughs> I don't know. So so I think oh, we're going to come back to that one, but go on because you got well, a couple more. There's more of these. I won't go into oh, all, oh, okay. all of these, but those are the two that really stood out to me as, as a direct correlation between a particular retailer type and where they saw some benefit. But what do you uh, got? We got to unpack some of this All stuff. Right, so when, let's go back to the, you know, 65% saw the uh, benefit of a window display. What do you think they were thinking when they answered that yes? I, because it's a good I got, question. And, and I got hung up on that a little bit. I'm like, a window display. So I'm assuming that it's an outward-facing window right, of their right. establishment where they're promoting externally to get people in. Right, yeah, that would be okay. my assumption. That would be my assumption too. I just yeah. wanted to clarify that because because in essence, that's that's a promotion. In my mind, that's also a promotion marketing. True. So, so it was True. a little bit uh, a gray, which which got forty three percent. So um, so anyway, if if indeed that that's what folks were thinking, now that makes sense. You right. know, so they see the value of its ability, the medium's ability to attract attention and maybe even convince somebody to change their behavior a la walk into the store right. if they weren't planning on doing that originally. So, and I think promotions marketing, at least the intent we had behind it, but you, to your point, maybe we could have had a little more clarity on this, is that maybe more promotion marketing when you're in store yes. of promoting, you know, here's what's on a, sale. A 
scale. product. Yes. Oh, right. Yeah, here's mm-hmm. the hot new product or something. Having, you know, sponsored products or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, hey, it's a it's a BOGO right now. You know, buy one, get one, you know, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, limited time offer type stuff. I don't know. That could be what that was that's for too. But yep. yes, to your point, someone could easily can, you know, construe both of those things kind of meaning the same thing. Yeah. So what I like about it is that so the some some of the industry arguments that that they have been making meaning the digital signage industry for years and years and years are clearly resonating when you have window displays in the top um, you know, uh, promotions and marketing are almost 50%. I would have liked to have seen that a little higher because to me that is part of the gold of digital signage is, is what you can do to move the needle on sales. Um, third-party advertising obviously ranked a, a little bit higher there. And I'm also assuming that shelf displays when we when we talk about shelf displays, there's content on there that is promoting things that are on the shelf. Right. So yeah. it's it's maybe a further deeper dive into the, maybe the products that you're seeing there. So in essence, you know, this is all around education and or moving the needle on that particular product. So uh, I agree with with all that, and it's good to see again uh, that a lot of those scored high. Uh, customer entertainment only six percent. That's good. <laughs> We're not here to entertain people. That's We're true. here to move. Unless you're like at a bar or something, you know, like. I don't I don't need something that's like, you know, running a sitcom or whatever no. when I'm out trying to shop. Right. Know? So like, I'm glad to see that was really low. Right. You know, that the, the expectation is, well, I don't want to entertain people while they're here. I want to move the needle. So I think they're all getting that. Now I'm gonna hover a little bit more on the on the auto parts and accessory in the in the grocery store, which I do think is brilliant. Again, sixty-six percent of groceries mm-hmm. were interested mm-hmm. in wayfinding, which which it is spot sense. on. But what worries me is that now you got to take that to the next level, meaning who's programming that, right, and and right. and maybe that that's a little bit of a disconnect on the cost because you know you can put in a kiosk and we'll get there in a second. It's not wildly expensive, but then how are you? Who is the auto parts person that's now mapping the store? <laughs> that's a good question. Oh, the wipers are here. That the, is a great the question oil's because here, the you'd think that'd have to be almost like a corporate level thing, but then that would also demand that every store is kind of set up similarly and they're not and they're never I can already answer yeah, that that's, so it's an individual store yeah you're gonna have so to have stuff that's where the expertise of the people there i, I you think know, that really there's matters. some of the disconnect it's not disconnected it's just like i would love to use it for wayfinding and there absolutely is an application i think these are brilliant applications i right, walk into a right. grocer i'm not familiar with i look around oh, where is the i don't know tortillas Right. right, and it would right. be great to d- 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 search it and put here's yeah. your path. But then again, I mean, well, and again, though, I think of like you know larger tier one stores. Like I think of like you know a Kroger that has an app, you know, that you can type in a product and mm-hmm. it will tell you what aisle in your local store to yes. go find it. Right, but, but again, those are the big guys. Those are the big guys. I can't see your mid tier so mom and pop shop ever being able to do that. Yes and no, but but I'm gonna just take a quick sidebar here. Here's where I think AI and some of the things that are being developed can help. So what I just witnessed recently, one of the robotics companies that we've onboarded, Bear Robotics, it was interesting to see them set up their unit for a demonstration. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were in a sales kickoff anyway, but we were in this room that had lots of tables. It was an expo room. And what they do basically is they turn on the robot and then they walk next to, beside it and it has LIDAR. So it's it's mapping the entire room. Right. Well, this, this would be easy to, to like, you don't even need the robot, but now I could see a way for wayfinding 
if the if the software had the ability where an, a store clerk could just walk around and map the store, you right, know, oh, right. this this is where the salami's at. This is where the bananas <laughs> are at. This is where the and just do the individual mapping. Yeah, that yeah. would be. I'm maybe somebody's already done what I just what I just said, but I think that that would bridge the gap between now implementing this solution very, very easily. Yeah. If, it, if it was but that you, easy. But you're starting to talk about now like, these solutions starting to get much more robust if there needs to be robotics if, or some no. kind of cameras. Yeah, or... I was just use, use, using that as a use case. What, I, what, what I'm saying is, you know, if I was a software developer that was in the wayfinding and wanted to specialize in grocery stores, just enable the clerk to be able to walk around right, via right, an app right. and kind of map out the store a little bit. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Well, maybe you would have to put the LiDAR on there because that's kind of mapping the walls <laughs> And the and this thing, I don't know, man. We're gonna get there someday. We're gonna yes, get there someday. Yes. There, there's gonna there's be this little, confluence. There's a little of pie in the sky going on here. I think with a some little of this bit, stuff, but yeah. but uh, but I but that would be what would what would make this happen because right. I've never been in. Even though I think it's a great use case, I've never been to an auto parts store that has a wayfinding kiosk. Right. right. And more importantly, these folks obviously are clearly looking at this stuff and saying this stuff would be awesome for us. Clearly. So I think that's it's it's good ammo for you to use as a var. Yep. Or as an ISV that may be working on this kind of stuff, yep. to stay feet to the ground with this and keep having those conversations and to keep talking to those folks and be like, hey, when this is ready to go, when we mm-hmm. are to that point, mm-hmm. you you know what kind of a customer base you need to be going after who are yep. clearly already invested and interested in this, even though it's something that could be, I don't know, five, ten years off before it's really... Mm-hmm. Fully implemented. I don't even think so. it's that far in. But anyway, I, I I thought that was I wanted to hover on that one just yeah, a little yeah. bit because uh, again I think the application is brilliant. Uh, it's a little bit challenged on the software side gotcha. there. But anyway, that gets into the cost. Yeah, let's talk about the cost here a little bit. And this is where I like I said I wanted to lean on your expertise here a little bit because you know we we again asked basically like essentially for different types of displays, large format mm-hmm. displays like promotions, marketing, customer entertainment, wayfinding store. Window displays visible to passerby, shelf or end cap displays, and backroom displays. We asked for each of those, like among a tiers of pricing, how much would you expect this stuff to typically cost? Mm-hmm. You know, to to and we basically said it also to deploy it in your store, not just the hardware itself, but you know, the overall deployment ideally is what they should be thinking of here. Uh, that's and key. It, it is, yes, I think so too. Cost and, to deploy. And hopefully people thought of it that way too. You know, and maybe that's where some of the pricing may be, mm-hmm. I don't know, more than you might have expected. Mm-hmm. Um I, I'm going to let you talk about this one because I'm not going to break down every single one of who said what here. Which what stood out to hear to you, and where well, do you think people got it right, and where do you think they got it wrong? And I think the deployed cost is key here because if you just think about the cost of the hardware, for example, uh, a majority of, of folks put the LFD, just putting up a large format for d- promotions or whatnot mm. uh, in store, is somewhere between a thousand and. $5,000. So to me, $5,000 is like, holy Christ, you know, what are we putting in here? A, a 110 inch, you know, touch? I don't, what are we doing? That's a lot of money to throw at a screen at this point in time. But if you think about the deployed cost, then then I think that this is relatively accurate. You know, I was just ballparking, I don't know, but it would, it would seem to me to cost around $2,500 if I was going to put up a 50 some odd inch display right installed right right so somebody's got to come out that's going to cost a grand to roll somebody into the and you know do the wiring and all that kind of good stuff so but but then i thought about it a little bit you know it, it, this is again the people that answered this survey were generally in that 100 to 250 employees right so i guarantee you they have some kind of operations person i'm using right, air quotes right. 
if you can internalize that cost, meaning that person's doing the installation, uh, which at this time day and age isn't wildly difficult to do, then really your cost is is pretty cheap. Uh, then I think that you know some of these were a little bit they were overestimating how much the cost mm-hmm. would be because again I'll just go back to my very simple well display non commercial I understand <laughs> uh, if it was a commercial display you're probably still in the fifteen hundred dollar range to have a commercial grade computer um, display with uh, compute on board that can run digital signage so. Um, I thought that was relatively relatively accurate. Uh, wayfinding here, I thought it was kind of undershooting just because of what I've talked about in the sense right, of the program. Right. The unit itself, maybe not so much, but the ongoing cost and maybe the deployment cost because uh, all you need is an outlet, right? Somewhat close to these <laughs> right. kiosks. And, and re- believe you me, they're coming down in cost. You can do, d- deploy them for a couple grand, um, but now you run Plugging into the Plugging in is one thing. Walking up to it and getting it to tell you exactly where you can find ah, the yes. air filter for your 67 sedan That's is something it. entirely different. And this now. is where the reseller comes in, right? right? right. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So... Um, so anyway, I, I didn't think it was wildly, uh, you know, if you look at the, at the graph, pretty pretty dead on. Um, but again, I think it's deployed cost that that was the key for me. That obviously people are thinking about that right. here, which is yeah. good yeah. because there is it's more than just my simple. Oh, I'm going to go to Best Buy or Walmart and buy a <laughs> buy a display. It's all good. Exactly. Yeah, I did think it was interesting also that like window displays, there wasn't a lot of consensus on that one. Basically, mm. it was an even split between folks that thought it would cost over or under a thousand dollars. Ah, okay. They couldn't quite make up their mind of like what what that would <laughs> would really cost there, which tells me maybe they just haven't done the research or haven't put a lot of effort into this. You I know? see. Yeah, 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 so yeah. I yeah. thought that one was kind of interesting too. That is so. interesting. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, the next step we wanted to ask some questions about um, basically about understanding who are the folks that are going to be responsible for this stuff. Yep. Which I think again is obviously going to be super valuable if you are going out and trying to sell these to retailers. Yep. Who should you be talking to? Who's mm. going to be the decision makers? Mm-hmm. And also who's going to be person who's responsible for putting it up, <laughs> maintaining it, and managing content on it. So we had a series of questions around that. So I'll, I'll get into all three of those, and then we'll kind of you know hash out what we think of, of those responses. So when we ask who would be the primary decision maker for purchasing digital signage for your business, uh, the majority said either marketing or IT, which I mm-hmm. thought it was interesting that marketing was up there. I, granted, I'm not saying that it shouldn't potentially be a marketing department's job. Obviously, if if you're deploying stuff that is related to marketing and promoting your, you know, your brand and your products and whatever's yep. going on in store, yep. Yep. it makes sense that those folks would be involved. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they're the ones I would typically think are the ones who are making that final decision. Okay, but it's interesting to see that they are a big part of that. Maybe it's something where jointly they'd be working with some other departments. Yeah. But basically, thirty-eight percent of folks said marketing would do it. Thirty percent said their IT would be doing it, and then smaller percentages, around twenty percent, said the owner or executives. Only 11% of individual locations and 2% of the folks taking this survey said, well, that would be my responsibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the on the question about who's responsible for deploying and maintaining the screens, as well as creating and managing content, those are some interesting responses, Very, too. So yeah. uh, basically about an even percentage said on the deployment and maintenance side that either store staff or an external <laughs> IT department, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> would be responsible for mm-hmm. doing that. Around mm-hmm. 35% of both said said that as their mm-hmm. answer, with another 26%, so about a quarter, responded saying that their internal IT staff would take care of that. On the content management side, creating and managing the content, uh, again, a little a wide variety of responses here. 32% said their internal IT or operations would do that. 26% again said they'd be looking externally for their external IT or a creative agency. 
and 21% said store staff, with much smaller percentages saying marketing. 14%. I thought that was fascinating, yes. Again, especially given if we're suggesting that marketing is going to be one of the primary departments responsible for making a decision, but you don't think they're going to have anything to do with the content? (laughs) Bingo. I I picked up on that, too. That that kind of told me, like, maybe people just have a bit of a disconnect about understanding who would do what. Oh, I think so. What it means to create content or what kind of... Which, again, this could be Mm -hmm. a real good benefit, I think, for our VAR partners thinking about going out and selling signage Mm -hmm. and having, you know, a content creation or content management company whether it's you and whether it's something you're good at or having someone that you're partner with that you're mm-hmm. bringing with you. Because mm-hmm. I get the feeling these folks don't quite understand what it means to not just throw a display at, but realize what it means to actually make effective use of that display by putting really good content on yes. it that's going to get the kind of attention yes. or use usage, usage yep. and again, accomplish what you think it's supposed to do. That's it. There's, I bet there's a bit of a divide there. there That's is. why people don't quite see like who is the one who is supposed to be responsible for that. What were your thoughts on all yeah, we the, used to call that the day, who and what? We used to call that day two cost. And and who owns <laughs> yeah. the day two cost? Seriously, when we were and people would look at you bewildered like, what do you what do you mean? I'm like, well, we can put these screens up, but you, you, you know, when I was selling them? this, yeah. but who's in charge of then the content moving forward? And it's like you you had to have that conversation. So anyway, yeah. going back, the purchasing of digital signage, I'm not as surprised because to me it, it's coming out of one of these two buckets of of budget. That's right? true. It's either That's coming true. it's it's either seen as a hardware investment, so oh well screens come out of IT. Right, right. You know, so it's there. Or it's a um, you know, it's an investment in the content, or it's coming out of, well, marketing. This is gonna come out of our marketing budget because it's right. gonna be seen as the promotions and the marketing and stuff like that. So to me that 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 made sense. And by the way, both of those departments have to be in your your sale, right. you know, when yep. you, uh, yep. you're the modern sale technique, the group, uh, what does it take? 4.6 or 5.6 something people, like that, yeah. something like that yeah. in order to, well, you need both of those departments yep. involved because they will be involved. Yeah. Uh, if you go and try to do this without IT, at some point an IT person is going to yeah. be like, no, yeah. I, we can't do that. We don't yeah. have the the, the oh, functionality and they can the submarine deals it. like that. Yeah. Like uh, like yeah, you you can think that you've got it signed. You're sliding the piece of paper across <laughs> the desk. IT comes in and just. Totally submarines the deal, and Just you're picks done. that paper up, yeah, right in the shredder. Right in the shredder. Like, nope, start but, over. But you picked up on the exact same thing. So who would be the primary, you know, to create and manage content? Only fourteen percent of marketing yeah. made me like shudder a little bit. I'm like, oh man, I feel like there's a disconnect here. And then it's compounded by the fact of who would be responsible of well. Putting the onus on in-store staff, so twenty-one percent there. It's to me, yeah. I don't know. I I, I love in-store staff. I don't think they're marketers <laughs> that should be putting up, you know, what the message is. I mean, right. yes, should they be involved in? You, as a marketer, you need their feedback on what is selling. You know those those types of things. What are they seeing in the store? You know, is it, it do these kind of messages resonate? So I think they're good in the feedback loop, but I don't know that I want them managing content right. on my display because like, it's going to be such a low priority for them. And, right. and you can clearly see it when you walk into situations where the content's extremely old. Maybe outdated, yep. maybe no yep. longer applicable, and it's like okay, probably somebody in marketing's not managing right. that. You right. know, it could be a store manager that's oh oh, you know, realizes two right. weeks afterwards. Yeah. We oh, don't it's, we it's don't still have still got that. Christmas stuff up there, and it's March. <laughs> you know, like, 
ah, crap. You know, so yeah. I feel like there's a little bit of a disconnect, and that's part of the, to your point, that's part of the narrative that you have to do on the sales cycle is, hey, hey, let's start exposing this. Right, let's get into right. the day two. You know, okay, so we've convinced you that, the, you know, the infrastructure and we've got all that mapped out. That's actually the easy part. Now the, let's get into the hard part, which is the content. Who's going to manage it? That kind of stuff. you right, got to have that right. conversation. And the good news is there's a lot of automation there, too. Right. As you know, in our programmatic digital out-of-home initiative, you can sign up for these um, uh, marketplaces that have ads and things of that nature that you can pull content, mm-hmm. get paid, mm-hmm. recurring revenue on those. So there is a lot of options. AI is getting into mm-hmm. it now where you just – I'm sure there's an application out there where you can manage your digital signage but just by like – typing in text and then AI will come up with some imagery for you right, to look at right. and some graphics to do and stuff like that. So I, I think content will become less and less of the issue, but for now, don't have your in-store staff doing it. <laughs> no. Have the conversation, get the buy-in from the marketing team to do that. Yeah. Right? I, I, I think if like, if this had been something where the number ASCII saying that they suggested that they want external IT or a creative agency doing it. If that number had been much higher, mm. I would have been okay with all of the other stuff because mm. it would have been like, all right, most of you get that like this is not something you're going to be able to do yourself. Mm-hmm. But clearly based on, again, that store staff number, the marketing number, the internal IT and operations group, the, over half of the respondents said they expected either the store or like their IT and operations people to be doing this. Yep. And this is no shade on those folks at all, but they're usually not your like hyper creative design marketing message. I love me some IT people, but no, they're not. They're not. And that's okay. Like that's crafting messages. The same way that I'm not the person who's going to be able to, you know, do help manage an entire freaking network. Yeah. I don't have that capacity. Reboot the Cisco router in the back. I'm the guy who can write some nice stuff for you and come up with some interesting marketing messages. It's one of those, it's a clear segmentation of jobs that I don't think these people have have thought about or realized, which again, to your point, it's really great ammo, I think, Mm -hmm. for you as a VAR to go in as you're having these conversations. And it might be the kind of differentiator that helps you get away from someone to pull them away from like, well, I can just go buy this stuff myself and Mm -hmm. stick it up and then I'll... Tell Johnny, assistant manager over here to, you know, go throw some stuff up on there, yep. you know, every yep. week. No, I, there's a I think it's it's it will help you bridge that divide to show people like, look, it's not as easy as you might think. And you may think that, you know, you can do most of this yourself and don't need an external partner doing this. But mm. here's what we're going to do for you. Not only are we going to get you the hardware and install it and get it everything up and running, but we have the either capability ourselves or the partners that can help manage the content piece Bingo. for you too. That's which right. Is I would say probably more important mm. than the actual display itself. The mm. display is half the battle. Half like, the battle. Anybody can stick a display or a third out. of the battle. If it's not doing anything, right. or it's not doing anything that's useful to you or your business, what's the point? Why or having a there? negative impact because you still have Christmas <laughs> during Easter running up there, you know, and then now you're seen as a fuddy dud. You know, you're like clearly not. In, in, yeah, exactly. That, yeah. All that good stuff. So, but having a clear path, and, and your point on the partnerships is is valid too, right? Yep. yep. I mean, have some people in, in your holster that you can walk in and say, well, I've got this. Or consider doing it yourself, internalizing it. If you're a VAR of a size that you have a marketing department inside, it's not a heavy lift to have the, to, to now create a service where yep. you're developing and managing content, which all, by the way, all this is done remotely. 
Um, and, and we had a little network operations center, we called it, which was nothing more than a guy and some screens. <laughs> it was our knock, though. Right, right. And he was managing content on some significant networks out there. Yeah. You know, but that's what they did. And there was a value behind that. So anyway, uh, good stuff there. Yeah. I will pull this one last thing out before we move on. Who would who would primarily create managed content? 3% said myself. <laughs> I think that's the <laughs> same 3% up to, in the top that said they don't see a value in digital science. Right, because why do I not see a value? Because I'm going to have to run this myself. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I think it's the same three yeah. percent. I'm just some, you know some poor person was like, I, I know if we do this, it's going to be my job, and I don't have time for this. <laughs> That's you know? Right. So, yeah. I will also say so anyway. too. I, I called this out, and I even said in the article, this may mean nothing, but most of the respondents who expected store staff to install, maintain, and manage content also thought that the best use cases would be for wayfinding store directories, window and shelf displays. They were all VPs, heads, or director <laughs> level employees. <laughs> yes. So maybe that tells you that the, that the folks at the top don't quite see, yeah. because they're not the ones that are going to be responsible for this stuff. Yep. They're the ones that can be like, whatever, let the peons do this. That's they can right. take care yeah. of that, right? Yeah, so, yeah. so let it be written, so let it be right. done. <laughs> can be, that could, again, could be some good ammo for you going in and be like, yeah. hey, I know right. you think the folks like on the ground can do this for you, yeah. But, but um, they're not. They're not really the the folks that are going to take funny. care of this. For they, got, they got other stuff that is very valuable to do in your business. That's not going to be part of their job. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. good stuff. All right, and then uh, we also asked you. Know, we, we wanted to understand, like, hey, what benefits do you expect yeah. from deploying these displays? Mm -hmm, so let's mm -hmm. assume you're going through all this motion. You're yep. getting it done. Yep. What do you think you're going to get out of this? And we asked them to select top their top two out of these potential responses. Over half said they expected recurring revenue to come out of this. I love it. I honestly was a little bit higher than I thought. A lot higher than I thought. it's one of those things that I'm like, I, I, we intentionally made sure that question was going to be in there because we think there obviously is a recurring revenue value. Yep. But I wondered, like, how many people are going to see that potential? Mm -hmm. And maybe it's something where, again, the response kind of led them to like, well, yeah, I'd like that. But again, it's point. still important to think that half of them see that there's a, a clear value that they would expect to get out of it, which again can lead to you helping with your pitch yeah. to go out there and deploy these. Yeah. Yeah. 48%, so again, almost half again, said customer awareness. That's good stuff. Beneficial. Yep. 40% said increasing traffic. Mm -hmm. Obviously a big boon. Mm -hmm. And the next highest one after that was 33% said helping with customer loyalty. Yeah. Oddly enough, much smaller percentages said higher sales. Yeah. Only 17% said they expected to get higher sales from deploying these. And 7% said a more informed staff, which given that not many of them said they thought it would be useful for employee mm -hmm. you know, back of house areas mm -hmm. necessarily. Mm -hmm. I get that one at least. But what did you think about this? That more than half of folks saw I think this awareness, is recurring dead revenue. Dead on. And what, what I was comforted, I was surprised as you were on the recurring revenue. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that that message had gotten through. But the rest of it I think is dead on and appropriate in the sense of customer awareness, a little bit of increased uh, traffic, some customer loyalty happening there. The, the lower on the higher sales, I think that the shame here is on the industry, meaning the digital signage industry, yeah, in yeah. the sense that uh, it's, I think a lot of times digital signage is oversold with with ROI. You know, a lot of pitchmen walk in and say, oh, if you put this screen up, you're going to see a lift of 250%. Right, you're going right. to see a lift. You know, our average lift on brands is 80%. I mean, they just say they have some of these wild claims that if you're a store manager and sit back and say, that's that's BS. You know, yeah, it just yeah. it feels a little yeah. slimy. Yep. I think there is there was in back in the day, maybe still today. You know, a certain amount of the pitchmen and women that are out there. You know, it's just they they have these ROIs that maybe are very 
very particular case. You know, I'm not saying they're lying, but you know, in this in this one particular use case, like whatever, we were pitching water and it was 120 degrees outside, and we attributed <laughs> to the fact that our water sales went up because we had something right. on the digital signage. I don't know. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So exactly. I, I think people are seeing that they're a little cautious of that. So only 17% like, eh, maybe we'll see some higher sales. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think it has an impact. Clearly it does. But I just don't think it's as wild as some of the claims that are out there. You know, right, will right. you see some lift? Sure. If I see a, a product and I, I didn't wasn't even aware that it was there, lift is going to happen. Well, I just don't know I if think it's dramatic. Too, as, right. Yeah. I, I think, too, that, you know, it's just like we talk about with marketing in general. A lot of times... It's very hard to draw that very direct line oh, between attribution. marketing yeah. and exactly. how we made Sales. some money and how yeah. much money we made. <laughs> and this is, again, one of those examples of, like, you can do this, but, it's, you know, no one's going to tell you, like, as they're checking out of the cash register, hey, I bought this because I saw that sign up there. Right. You know, like yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not happening. So uh-huh. there's, it's hard to make that direct through line, even though, yes, there is some potential to get a sales mm-hmm. because of what you're doing as part of your overall picture of, increasing brand awareness and yeah. customer interaction, drawing people in the store, yep. all that kind of stuff. Yep. There's there's obviously going that's going to affect your bottom line. You're just not going to be able to draw a direct line from one to the other to say like uh, it, us putting up this sign. I mean I, I guess unless you deploy your signs and like mm-hmm. a month later your business is suddenly, you know, mm-hmm. running 10% over budget, you know, yeah. for, you know, and it yep. and it just stays steady from there on out. Maybe you could again, you could make that correlation, I guess. I don't necessarily know that there is that you're guaranteed that that's the causation, but you can make the correlation if you're yeah, out there. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And when, I know we're moving on, but it, just digging a little bit deeper, I was, you know, I did like the fact. So here's the, you know, the stats: sixty-eight percent of auto accessory yes, execs I was point think that, that they'll see recurring revenue from the displays. That's good. That yeah. means that they're already connecting the fact that their manufacturers see a value in having dynamic digital signage. In uh, electronics is like a duh to me, right? You know, right. I mean, the, why wouldn't those people see a, see a value and over half of grocers as well? So uh, again, there's there's just that's already out in the marketplace that they can receive recurring revenue from their manufacturers, their partners, their suppliers um, to offset some of the costs. Yeah, yeah, I was very surprised overall with because there's a few other places where we were breaking down, you know, those different retail types and the auto parts and accessories group mm-hmm. had some of the most fascinating responses. And it was mm-hmm. one where I was like, you know. I, if this was a group that I had an ability to target in some way or go after, I feel like there is mm-hmm. a lot of potential interest in, at the very least, digital science, potentially digital solutions overall, that maybe they're just not getting this stuff pitched to them that often. There's just I not a lot. I think so, right? There, yeah. could, there could be just be some potential with these folks because they clearly are seeing something here. And I guess my thought about, like, you know, especially like when you get into like smaller auto parts and accessory stores, you know, that maybe cater to like a lot of like local shops mm-hmm, as well mm-hmm. as consumers. Mm-hmm. You've got some interesting markets that they would work in because not only do mm-hmm. you have like just regular people that might come in and, you know, we need to pick up something for their vehicle, then right. someone that works on their car on their own. But again, I would think a lot of like local garages, local you know, local places that are, you know, doing oil changes and doing mm. little tune-ups mm. and stuff, just your, mm. again, mom-and-pop mechanic shop or something. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are probably going out and shopping at these, you know, local places. They don't oh, have for sure. They don't have necessarily the connection with, you know, like yeah. the dealer does, yeah. you know, to get the certified parts. Huge suppliers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're probably shopping these places too. So maybe they're just seeing the opportunity and the value of like, hey, 
the more we can do to convince them that our store is the one they got to come to mm-hmm. for all of their needs and that mm-hmm. we have exactly what they need and make it easy for them to get what they need and get out and get back to fixing these cars. Mm. I don't know. You know, again, that's me speculating there. But I just think if I were if I were in some position where I could sell to those auto parts and accessories stores, I'd be starting to line up some conversations, have some discussions about where they see Agreed. potential for digital solutions yeah, because yeah. it feels like a lot of them, at least from this survey, were clearly bought in on bought in, yeah, what yeah. was offered here. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then finally, the last question we asked here was, you know, after we've asked all this, we wanted to get back to the, mm-hmm. you know, the kind of the core of like, what concerns do you have yes. about doing this? So, you know, we yes. asked up front, like, why aren't you doing it? Mm-hmm. What's holding you back? Now, after going through all these motions and hopefully getting them thinking about the idea of, you know, deploying digital displays and what it could mean and what it could do for their business, what concerns you about doing it now? So we asked for a top two of, you know, what were your concerns about installing, maintaining, or supporting the displays? Uh, a nice, interesting variety of, of concerns here, which, again, could make it easy for us to go out and, you know, talk about all the ways that we can help them out with this stuff. Uh, the, the biggest one, 44% said choosing the hardware or software or the operating system was their biggest concern. Mm-hmm. 42% creating and deploying content. Mm-hmm. Uh, 40% said installation assistance, and 38% said ongoing tech support, with smaller amounts saying that they wanted to find the best use cases for any store, although it was still about a quarter of the folks said that they need to figure out, like, what am yeah, I going to do, do with this do with stuff? Uh-huh. And 11% managing across multiple locations. Mm-hmm. So what what stood out about that to you? Did you feel oh. like that seemed like... That's just opportunity screaming out. Uh, for, yes, for our that's folks. the word like, I have. So three <laughs> of the top four are opportunities for resellers. Right. Choosing the right gear, basically, uh, right? Yep. Installation assistance and ongoing tech support. Bing, ding, 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 ding. You know, that's, that's what resellers exactly. do. So that's their job. The top three of four are right in your wheelhouse. The only one you don't probably have is the creating and deploying content, which 42% said are a concern. Right, so and all the more reason to find a partner that can help you with there. That you, you go. That. If yeah. you need any more of a reason to, hey, you you've got seventy five percent of the solution you already probably have in house. Yeah, it's that twenty five that you need to be able to walk in there confidently with a partner matrix or whatnot to help them answer that, and you will start unlocking these sales. That's that's where I'm at. So, and I think this data backs that up. Yep. Yep. Completely agree. It was, yeah. every, everything there says, hey, there is opportunity for you to go out and sell these. Bingo. By being a value-added partner. That's by right. showing them what you can do. That's right. Beyond just, hey, I got this screen. <laughs> you want it? Okay, here you go. Oh, oh, Bye-bye. You yeah. know, it's not what our folks Bob do. Bob in the back told me you needed a screen, so here you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here's the screen. Uh, here's my invoice. Uh, I'll see you later. You know, right? Yeah. Uh, spend so, spend a little more time stuff. with them, help them out, see what you can do because they're they're not sure exactly what to do once they get that dis- That's right. that display actually in their That's hands. That's right. All right, hey, that wraps up uh, our uh, coverage of this particular survey. Again, mm-hmm. if you want a little more details uh, and a little more insights and dig deeper into it, check out the survey. Uh, you know, and that reminds me also. Nation.bluestarring.com. There you go. Go go check it out. There's other great surveys there you can find. It's great stuff. Retail, good stuff. supply yeah. chain, all yeah. kinds of good stuff we're putting out there. But more importantly, we need to know what kind of surveys you'd like us to do. There you go. Uh, you know, we're always happy to ask our vendors to sponsor some of these or just go do them on our own mm-hmm. if we think there's going to be real value for you. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, this is your opportunity to reach out to us. So you, instead of, in lieu of the normal, like, hey, like the pod, all that stuff, I'm just asking you, you know, to give us, sort of give us ideas for the pod by telling us better ideas of what we could be going out and doing with these surveys. So we're willing to put in the work. We're willing to put in the time. We're willing to put the money in. You get us the topic. Yeah. yeah you give to, us the concern. Exactly. Right? Tell us what do you, what if you had the opportunity to go out and talk to 100 plus mm-hmm. end users, mm-hmm. the businesses that you're trying to work with and understand something about what they need, what they want, what they're doing that could help you sell better to them, find new opportunities. Tell us. Yep. No, let us Drop do. what you're doing right now and just send us a note because <laughs> yeah. I know you're already thinking about it. Exactly. There it, is. there it is. Take a moment. Just pause the show. If you're driving right now, pull over, send a quick email or something, you know. Martin at bluestarring.com. <laughs> Tech and act at BlueStarring.com. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, yes. I mean that yes. blows up my email too. So it does. I guess it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Way. Send it. Send it. Yeah. Send it to me. Send it to Tech and Act at BlueStarring. Don't care. <laughs> Find us on LinkedIn. Send it out there. But please let us know what you want. Or again, there's always that link in the show notes where you can send ideas in for the show. And if you do that. We send you a T-shirt. I mean, I might do it even if you send me just email me a great idea. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. We got to get on the T-shirts, but I keep saying that every episode. We got to figure out what our new T-shirts going to look yeah. like. We got to get Dude, them printed. We're behind? We've got like five or six people I owe T-shirts Whoa, to. Whoa, so. we got to get that's priority. Yeah, we got to put yep. those out there. Yeah, hey, yeah. if you got an idea for what the T-shirt should look like or have on it, send that <laughs> in too. I don't care. You know, I'm all about outsourcing the work. Yeah, <laughs> at this really. Point. <laughs> Dean and I have a lot of other stuff going on. <laughs> Anything yeah. I can outsource, uh, I'll, I'll take. I'll do at this point. So yeah, send those ideas into us. We'd love to hear back from you and stay in touch. Also, anytime again through email or on LinkedIn. All right, Dean. Let's wrap things up here. Let's talk yes. a little value to the bar. Yep. Which, again, whole episode value to the bar as far as I'm concerned. Yep. But. Let's distill this down a little bit. So you, yeah. we've mentioned several times, former digital signage reseller. Yes. I've mentioned several several times I'm a former yep. bookstore yes. employee. <laughs> I feel like if there's a drinking game for this, anytime one of us mentions that former part of our lives, people take yeah. a shot. They people take a shot. Yeah. Trashed most episodes. Mm, yep, yep, yep. Um, so what would be your biggest takeaway from this? You know, how would how would this help you go out and find and win new opportunities as a digital signage reseller? Well, yeah, I think we talked about it. You know, cost is still perceived as part of the barrier, um, but I think you just need to have a, a story around that, yeah. right? I mean, I'm I'm convinced that the hardware cost is not really the issue. It's the day to, what what I'll call the day two cost around maintaining content and creating content. So you need to have that that answer, and mm-hmm. and it's. If you're going to commit to having a digital signage practice, it's not that hard to do to get the right partners. Call us. We've got a digital signage practice. We can help out as well through our programmatic digital out of home and stuff that, we, that we've engaged with. We can get you connected to some of those people. And it's, I think that there's a lot of opportunity there because, again, when we, we talk about here is, you know, another phrase for this would be like retail media networks. The idea that there is there are dollars out there. I'm 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 comforted by the fact that so many people see the opportunity for recurring revenue because it is there. Dollars are shifting away from Google. The cookie is crumbling, as they say, right? right the cookies right. are not. So the, where are those online dollars going to go? They're going to start going into retail, uh, which is a second source of data, uh, w- w- meaning you can get the POS data and things of that nature and, and actually start making some of those attribution connections. That'll come down the path, but um, the opportunity's there. So, yeah, yeah. You, But you got to figure out that content yeah, side. Yeah, I agree with all that. There you. it is. And the only thing I would say is you know, if, if you're looking to start a conversation mm-hmm. to get into these, to these discussions, mm-hmm. pull some of this data from this survey and, and ask some people right. about it. Say, hey, you know yeah. what? I saw this survey that said X amount of people in your line of work said that they don't see this, you know, or yeah. they, they, 
here's the reason why they're not deploying these, yeah. or here's what they thought it would benefit. Do you agree is that with a, that? Yeah, is that is the that case? Is that a concern for mm-hmm. you? Is that well, something? let's figure that piece out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Great conversation starter. You can back it up with some data, get them talking about it, and whether they yep. agree or disagree, and mm-hmm. maybe get your foot in the door to start finding some of these That's opportunities. It. That's so. it. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Uh, it is. All right, let's wrap up, as always, with What's Tech Connecting With You, our ah, favorite segment where we yes. talk about something in the world of business, science, tech, innovation, just <laughs> something <laughs> we feel like chatting about today. So, Dean, what's, what's Tech Connecting With You this week? Well, you know, many people... People wonder who will make the robot that eventually kills us, <laughs> right? I mean, I think I feel like this is on your mind. What 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 is the name of that company? I'll say because there isn't an actual Cyberdyne, right? You know, like, it, it, yeah, that we, was the name of the company, right? That, Cyberdyne and Terminator, and Terminator, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Cyberdyne system. Well, yeah. uh, clearly to me, the name of that company is Boston Ro- uh, Dynamics. Oh yeah, because yes, we, here's the here's the <laughs> new been, headline. They've been creating the robots that have been haunting my nightmares for years now. Boston Dynamics Atlas. Right. This is the most human looking one. Right. Right, Tries tries out inventory work, gets a better gets better at lifting. So they've got they've got a robot lifting the boulder that will smash down on a human. Yes. So Atlas now is able to perform tasks similar to working in an auto factory, including lifting 30 pound components. So we'll give you the link. You can watch the video. Atlas takes these struts, you know, a part of a car, right. which is, again, around 30 pounds or something right, like that. Right. And what you see it doing is taking it out of a crate, like a shipping crate, like it was shipped to it, and then putting it on a rack, right? Yeah. So yeah. It, it's it's picking up the struts, it's putting it on a rack, it's picking up the struts. And by the way, a lot of people are, are always questioning, well, why are all these robots that we're making look so human? Well, because our world is built around humans. Yeah, and so yeah. if Atlas goes down and you need a real worker to do that, well... This is why. So anyway, the 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 Atlas has now mastered this. Uh, mastered, you know. Obviously, we've seen it do lots of things like flips and stuff like that. Well, now it can pick up stuff like these thirty pound struts and move them around. However, and this is funny. Atlas is, uh, you know, they have to plan some of the path around it. So there is still programming going right, on right. in the background. And it's not necessarily running nature. wild just yet. Right. Yeah. Uh, but this version of Atlas moves a little less like if you watch it, it's it's not, it doesn't move like a robot. You know, it's not like this pre-can right, kind right. of a thing. It looks a little bit more like a drunk person, which is a big compliment, <laughs> right? At one point, it, you know, you in the video, you see it stumble and it recovers and that draws a little bit of excitement from the crowd that's watching it and uh, so so right now it's like a drunk person putting away these struts. right so now we're humanizing them too like ah oh, look at that guy He's over yeah, he there looks drunk, drunk. Oh, look at him picking up that strut ah <laughs> oh, look at him holding it over my head ah oh, yeah <laughs> That's how it starts. Just kind of completing it for your your narrative. But anyway, we'll put it in there. To me, this is the company. This is the Cyberdyne. These are the people that have created whatever. I I would agree. Every time I see something new they've put out that like is (laughs) got that uncanny valley weirdness that's like a you know, not quite real, not quite like moving the way the biological construct right. that it's built it's, after, whether it's dogs that's why I love or this, whatever. Like a drunk person, because when you look at it, right, and you think drunk person, it, it kind of looks like a drunk person putting away some struts. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's to disarm you. You're like, oh, it's just a drunk robot. It's nothing to worry about, and it's like <laughs> raising up over your head, you know. So anyway, what, whatever. Yeah, what's tech connecting with you, my friend? <sighs> just a matter of time. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be uh, some movie in the future that's yeah. like, you know, like, you know, S- Skynet went online after it was being built by Boston Dynamics. Dynamics. Maybe we should just go back and insert that into all the old yes, Terminator pictures. That's it. Every time they say Cyberdyne, just say Boston <laughs> Dynamics. 
get someone's uh, I guess Arnold probably doesn't actually say it, but you know, like right, yeah. Sarah Connor saying it or something. I don't yeah. know. All right. Uh, uh, what's technically me? So um, NASA has you know always doing interesting stuff to try to figure out how to better explore space, and they're working on how to better communicate in space. Okay. You know? All like, right. If we're gonna send folks, you know, millions of miles away mm. to you know Mars or other planets to do all this stuff. Okay. Well, you know, communication is a little on the slow side. You know, like it sometimes can take like twenty minutes for a message. Oh, it, to it get. feels like the can and the string. Yeah, like a, exactly. Hey, hey, I'm over right, here. Right. So they're trying to come up with better ways to do it. Right. So, so part of that was figuring out like how do they send like high definition video that can be mm. moved very quickly from one point to another. And so they did. They they did an experiment to do this. And what do you know? The very first video they decided to send a cat. Oh come on now. Because in our internet age, everything's got to be cat videos. A cute cat video. Yeah. This is the. Uh, so yeah. So billions NASA, of dollars of investment. <laughs> ultra. Into- Ultra high def video just to show a cat <laughs> playing. Mind you, now this was sent on a laser, so they used a laser to send the message. All and right. there's a video of a cat jumping and running after a laser. You know, oh, a little of course. laser pointer. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. this is a 15-second clip of Taters the cat. Uh, <laughs> it traveled 19 million miles. That's about 80 Holy times the distance moly. from the Earth to the moon. This this happened from a spacecraft that was launched from a SpaceX Falcon Heavy rocket back in October last okay, year. Okay, yep. And then uh, on in December, mid-December, they streamed this where they basically had it take that video, mm-hmm. the 15-second clip, shoot it through a laser that was basically beamed to a um, the... Uh, the Hale Telescope, <clears throat> ah, which then sent it down to the Jet Propulsion oh, so Laboratory in, in California. Oh, very cool. And, and, and they basically said it was near instantaneous. It was actually, they said, the video actually sent faster than most broadband, broadband internet connections. I believe that. From millions of miles oh, away. Oh, dude, that is legit the speed of light And right they were there. able to watch their cat video. They also inlaid <laughs> the video with a bunch of like technical spec stuff, like uh-huh. specs about like yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the size of the cat and like, uh, you know, okay. the, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, like just to, to demonstrate like not only we can send the video, but we can also inlay data with the video if we need to. Again, an example of how maybe they could very quickly get communications Gosh. from far reaches of space back to Earth. Can so good, see, good stuff. Good stuff that we need to be oh, able to brilliant. do. Good stuff. You know, to take a step back. Quickly. We just aimed a laser 19 million miles yeah. and hit the mark. Yeah, you, know. <laughs> you know, and it probably wasn't that big of a mark. If it no, is satellite not. first, probably not. It's probably the size of maybe a car. I don't know. From 19 million miles away, that's just awesome. There you go. So I mean, it's, it's one of those things like, like you know, if you watch science fiction, you always see them like you know, millions of miles away, yeah, sending right. transmissions to yeah. each other and chatting, yeah. and think like that's not realistic, that's not right? Real. It might actually be more than you think. <laughs> might actually, we may not be able to travel those kind of distances with any rapidity, in, yeah. you know, in yeah. in human existence, yeah, yeah, let yeah, alone yeah. anytime in the next couple hundred years or right. so, but. Yeah. At least we can send cat videos. Well, around, maybe you know? I'm okay so. with the cat video. Yeah, that's a, it could have been worse. A dog things. video. Dogs make fun videos too. Come on, <laughs> I think they do. You know, so that's, nah, it's cute it's stuff. Just, cute stuff. It's just me. <laughs> All right, that's what's tech connecting with us. Uh, it is time for us to unplug. But you know, until next time, you know, go out there and I don't know, send your favorite cat video from <laughs> deep space and watch out for Atlas. And watch out for Atlas. It's it's coming for you. you know, while you're watching that cat video, <laughs> yeah, Atlas might be looming behind you with those big old struts in its hands. So. <laughs> and please, folks, stay connected. Technic podcast is brought to you by Elo. Uh, Dean, are you looking to meet the needs of both retail and hospitality customers and their employees, as well as busy on-the-go consumers? Yes, we do. I mean, are you personally? Like, oh, this, no. This not me personally, no. 
<laughs> but as a company basis. and as a channel, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes, very yes. much so. Yeah, it is, yes. And as one of those busy on the go consumers, yes. you like having your needs met, right? Oh, of course. Well, the Elo M60 mobile POS computer is designed to support everyday business. Ah. It's a rugged, enterprise grade all in one device with a six inch HD touch display, Android 10 OS, Qualcomm Snapdragon 660 octa core processor. Nice. And all the requisite connectivity options. Yes. I'm not going to make a joke about the Snapdragon processor. <laughs> it's, it's all that at this point. It's, it sounds cool. It sounds nifty. Uh, maybe and it is. Maybe it's going to be what helps take over the world with, yes. with Atlas. Yes. Um, <laughs> what puts the M60 above other mobile computers for productivity is that it also offers integrated payment capabilities to speed customers along wherever they are. This is true. The M60 is equipped for dip, tap, and swipe. Dip, tap, and swipe. Oh, yeah. See, there you go. Now we got a little song with it. This needs to become like a YouTube short. Well, yeah. Uh, we need to figure out during the uh, (laughs) halftime show. We need to figure out a way to make the dip tap swipe dance somehow. Elo, we're happy to do this for you. Send us an M60. We'll figure out a way to do it. We'll make it fun. It'll be a great video. I promise. (laughs) It'll be out there on the web. There will be people who don't know anything about our channel or commenting on it going, what is this? What is this? And why am I suddenly going to do it now? It'll blow up. That's right. Uh, So that means that it accepts EMV cards with chips, NFC contactless payments for cards or mobile devices, and those traditional old boring MagStripe cards. I guess people are still using those out there. Uh, It's perfect for table-side service, line-busting, curbside pickup, and anywhere that your customers need to accept payments. To learn more about this amazing device, check out the link in the show notes or contact the Blue Star Elo team.